Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord. We magnify you. We glorify you, Lord. We ask you to just have your way. Have your way, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Flip or flop. Flip or flop. The term restoration can be defined as the action of returning something to a former owner, place, or condition. A bringing back to a former position or reinstatement. The definition that I love is restitution of something taken away or lost. If you ride by a church on 258 Straight Street, the marquee would say, I was once lost, but now I'm fine. I don't know about you. Well, I do know about you. We all were messed up. We all made mistakes. We all did what we wanted to do. We all did it till we were satisfied. We all went astray, led, along, led away by our own lust. We all were lost. We was lost and the GPS couldn't find a signal. We was blind looking for our way. But Jesus called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. He restored our soul and is leading us into a path of righteousness for his name's sake. We are restored. We are restored this morning. Have you been changed this morning? Many of you don't look the same like you did when you was in high school, in college, 10 years, 15 years ago. Because God has changed you. See, those that work in the car industry, I was thinking about Matt. Those of you all that work in the car collision industry, you would call restoration body work. For those of you that are messed up numerous times and God forgave you, wretched as we was or, or ratchetness, like many of us was, God did some body work on us. He changed our mindset. He changed our life. He changed our heart. Some of us had hatred in our heart. Some of us had hatred in our soul. But we had to go to the body man. And that's Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. If you turn on your television today, you will see numerous restoration stations. We have the DIY network. You have HGTV. But when I was growing up, the only show that showed uh, renovation was PBS, This Old House, <laughs> with Bob Vila. Or that little show that used to come on TV, Home Improvement, with Tim Allen on ABC. But in today's time, it is a new trend to take something old and make it new again. We're stored back to an original state, many times better than it was before. On HGTV, they have a show that me and my wife love to watch called Flip or Flop. This show intent is to purchase an ugly house and then turn it to a work of art. They intend to buy low and sell high. 
That's a flip. A flop is to buy high and sell low. The show's introduction states that we take the ugliest, nastiest, the most rundown house and make it a home that everybody wants. We at one time was the ugliest, nastiest, messiest house. And I'm talking about the spiritual house. But when Jesus came into our life, he took this old house and then turned it into a house that was pleasing in his sight. So the show Flip a Flop can take a rundown home and transform it into a beautiful home, restoring it to something never seen before. These houses went from the ugliest house on the street in the neighborhood, the house that everybody talked about, to the house that now everybody wants. See, folk will talk about you where you are, when you're at your lowest point. They don't want to have nothing to do with you. But thank God that somebody had a vision for your house. I'm sorry, for your life. See, Jesus looked at your past and let your past be your past. Jesus looked at your past and saw your future. He knew at the end. He knew the end before the beginning. See, in the remodeling world, they have apps and programs that you can take pictures of an ugly house and programs that will show you what the house will look like after the restoration process. See, God has a plan for your life. Even though you messed up, even though you made mistakes at a young age, even though you dealt with drugs and alcohol abuse, sexual immorality, Jesus has already seen your outcome. He's seen your past mistakes. He knows what you are going to be. Look like once you get, he knows what you're going to look like once you get in a covenant relationship with him. Thank you, Lord. Only then will take a, only then will a change take place in your life. We are talking about a spiritual restoration this morning. As we look at our text in Hosea chapter six, we have to do some background. And in some background, we found that Hosea was considered to be a minor prophet, but he had a major prophecy. Hosea was considered to be a prophet of doom and gloom, but underneath his message of destruction, there is a promise of restoration. Thank you, God, for the promise. See, in the house flipping business, you just don't go in and purchase a home. They look at the neighborhood. They want to find out what similar homes are selling for in order to make a profit. They want to know some comps or valuable information about. So in Hosea, that, that, that's what we're going to find in Hosea chapter 1. God tells Hosea to take a woman of the night a prostitute, a promiscuous woman, one that sleeps around with different men, a whore. Take her as your wife. Wait a minute, Lord. I want a virgin, someone faithful. The woman has been with this man and that man in our neighborhood. But God is going to restore you. Some of you all have been with this man and that man, but God is going to restore you. So Hosea took Goma and they had children. One was named Jezreel. They had a daughter named Loramah, meaning I will have no mercy on the house of Israel. 
They had a son named Lord me. You are not my people and I am not your God. In chapter 2 of the book of Hosea, we see Israel's unforgive, unfaithfulness condemned. But in the latter part of chapter 2, God restores Israel. Then in chapter 3, verse 1, the Lord said to me, Go again and love a woman who is loved by her husband, but is an adulteress. In chapter 4, God's controversy with Israel. The children were swearing. They were murdering, they were stealing, and they were committing adultery. They employed violence so that bloodshed follow bloodshed. Look around the United States. We see this going on every day. Deception, American greed. Someone would rather take from someone than work for what they got. Murder, stealing adultery, husband cheating on wives. Wives cheating on husbands. Wife swapping. On TV. Celebrities sleeping with this celebrity. Look around. They employ violence and bloodshed. Gang violence. This turf and that's turf. This set and that set. All about colors. For the, for if you were to count the amount of people that have passed away from bloodshed, from gang violence. The numbers will be tremendous. Israel's trespasses were rebuked. As we begin in chapter 6, we find a response to God's rebuke. So we firstly find an ugly house. I'm sorry, an ugly nation in need of restoration. God's chosen people always find themselves in the cycle of sin. They sin, God forgive them. They go back courting lesser gods. God forgive them again. They in the same cycle. Young people, adult people, you sin, God forgive you. Then the next, the next night you up at 3 o'clock in the morning looking at pornographic material. You cried out to God about infidelity. And he has forgiven you. But now you're trying to set up a date in McDonough, Georgia. So you don't want to get caught with your mistress in Macon, Georgia. You married and you're trying to holler at people in the church. The grass ain't always green on the other side. So Israel knew that they had messed up, and God spanked that. God spanked that booty with a spiritual pop-pop. Now they want to return to the Lord. Verse 1 of chapter 6 states, come, let us return to the Lord. They knew their transgressions. They knew that they, 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 knew that they had been ugly, and they realized the only way to get out of the mess that they was in was to return to the Lord. So Israel knew that they was in an ugly state in desperate need of a restoration. On the show Flip or Flop, the main characters, the main characters walk through a house and look at they assess the damage of a house. And in this assessment of the damage, they can't do all the work. So they have to have a contractor to come in and do the work. 
We done messed up. But we can't do the work ourselves. We done tried to, we done tried to get off of drugs by ourselves. We done tried to get off pornography by ourselves. We can't do it by ourselves. We don't have to call on the contractor. We got to call on the creator. The creator of heaven and earth. He's the only one that can get us out of our mess. Jesus is the only one that can actually flip this house. God doesn't do patchwork. God doesn't do patchwork. If you got some bootleg contractors, you might have a plumbing problem, but they just want to patch it up, put some duct tape around it. But God is in the restoration. He ain't going to have to do it. If he delivered, then you are delivered. If you are saved, then you are saved. If you are set free, then you are set free. Thank you, Lord. A complete, a complete transformation. So secondly, we find a complete gut job. The second part of verse one tells us, for he has torn us, but he will also heal us. For those of you that are familiar with house remodeling, the gut job is when you tear down all the walls in the house. There may be some sheetrock repair, and it's just too bad for the contractor. So he'll tear down out all the drywall and replace it with the new. They will tear out old heaters and put a new central air in the house. They will tear down walls to open up room, open up space. Some of you have built up walls that need to be torn down. Walls of, de- walls of depression, walls of low self-esteem. Walls of low self-worth. What type of walls have you built up that need to be torn down? Walls of hatred. Walls of suicidal thought. Walls of adultery. Walls of pornography. Walls of sexual immorality. God is tearing down walls this morning. Walls of not studying God's word. Walls of coming in late. Walls of leaving early. God is, from a high school student, God is tearing down walls of skipping class. God is tearing down walls of talking back to your parents. I'm going to say that again. God is tearing down walls of not wanting to wash the dishes, not wanting to clean up your room, not wanting to get up in the morning, not wanting to go to school, not want to get A's and B's on your report card. A complete gut job. Even in all this review, they found a way, something down on the inside of them. They knew the way was to get back in the right fellowship with God. For he has torn us, but he will heal us. God will heal us for our deeds. He will heal us from our adulteries. He will heal us from our deceptive attitudes. He he will heal us from court and little gods. God is healing our ugly house by completely gutting it. Taking the old out and putting in the new. We We still in first one. 
So thirdly, we'll find a wounded warrior. My wife and I, uh, we have two boys, and, and they get scrapes and bruises, essentially on a daily basis. <clears throat> I'm reminded that each time that my son get a scrape or fall down, jump off of something, hit something, hit each other, get hurt, sometimes with no fault of their own, they only feel comforted when they get a bandage. The pain seems to go away. The bandage makes everything all right. So in Israel's case, even though they are being rebuked by God, even though the chastisement was real, even though uh, many of the tribes of Israel were going through, going through stuff that God had wounded them from, but thanks be to God that there was a but. But he heals us. Even though Israel knew that they had messed up, even though they knew they was the cause of the problem, even though they was getting a spiritual pop pop, they still know that if it wasn't because, I mean, I don't, they, they still knew. I don't know if it was because of the cycle of the sin that they was going through. They knew that God, even though God had wounded us, but God would still put a bandage on us. Verse two says that, verse, uh, verse two says that he will revive us after two days. And he will raise us up on the third day that we may live before him. Sound familiar? He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. On the third day. So even though we might mess up, we can get back up again. Thank you, Lord. So we saw an ugly nation. We saw a need for a good job. We saw a wounded warrior. So lastly, we find in order, if you want your spiritual house flipped, you have to press. Verse 3 tells us to let us know. Let us now. Let us now press on to know the Lord. No matter the mistakes that we have made, we must press. No matter how our house looked, we must press. No matter what we said in anger, we must press. Even if we are being chastised by the Lord, we cannot give up now. We must press. I recently came across an article of somebody that was pressing. And the title of the article was... How Tiger Woods overcame pain, scandal, and age to triumph again. Tiger Woods won over 81 official PGA Tour events. He was a golfing legend. Woods had won over 15 major events. He won four master titles. He was a great golfer. But despite all of his accolades, Tiger Woods, I like him, had some issues. November 25th, 2009, they found out that Tiger Woods was having an affair with a New York nightclub hostess. Tiger Woods was married at the time. Remember these dates now. November the 27th, Tiger Woods crashed his car into a fire hydrant 
in a neighbor's tree at 2.25 a.m. On December the 2nd, about a week later, a Los Angeles cocktail waitress stated that she had been in a 31-month affair with Tiger Woods shortly after Tiger's first baby was born with his wife. Tiger Woods was off the chain. December the 9th, Gatorade dropped Tiger Woods. December the 11th, Tiger Woods stepped, we in 2009. December the 11th, Tiger Woods stepped down from golf. AT&T dropped Tiger Woods. You don't see Tiger Woods on Buick commercials no more. Tiger Woods' wife filed for divorce. From 2010 to 2019 was ups and downs for Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods started back playing golf. He won some, and he lost some. A lot of people were talking about Tiger Woods. He getting older. He wasn't winning. People were still talking about him. In the, even in the African-American company community, Tiger Woods used to be our man. But some of us seem to have forgotten about him. But despite all of that, Tiger Woods kept playing. He did not give up. Some of us would have quit in 2009, but he kept pressing. I don't condone his infidelity at all, but I see how he got up after a letdown. And because of, his, because of him not giving up, two weeks ago, Tiger, won, Tiger Woods won his fifth Masters because he's pressed. Aren't you glad that God did not give up on you in 2009? Aren't you glad that God didn't give up on you in the 80s and the 70s? Aren't you glad that God didn't give up on you in the early 90s? Thank you, God. Aren't you glad that Jesus fixed this old house? Thank you, Lord. And he fixed this old house over 2,000 years ago when he took the sins of the world and nailed it to an old rugged cross. He took death Hell in the grave, to the grave. So I'm thankful that Jesus Christ died for my sin. Jeff, can you help me out? I got two pictures I just want to show y'all. Thank you, Lord. Look at the before and the after of that house. Many of you all was at the top, unappealing. Wouldn't nobody want to purchase that old house. But somebody came in and reconstructed that house, put in some new sheetrock, put in some new side, put in some new stairs to make that house appealing. And the only person that can do that is Jesus Christ, the righteous. So I thank the Lord that he changed our mindset. I thank the Lord that he changed us from our wicked ways. I thank the Lord that he turned turned us around and placed our feet on solid ground. We was at one time an ugly house. We was that person that did what we wanted to until we were satisfied. But until we got into a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ, the righteous, some things started to turn around. So we don't look like what we used to look like. We don't talk like what we used to talk like. We don't do the same things that we used to do. We don't club, we don't drink, we don't smoke because Jesus had planted something down on the inside of us that the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away as you stand to your feet.
Thank you, Lord. This old house. When I saw that picture, many of y'all would look at that house and look at that house and say it's un unrepairable. Ain't no coming back from that. But somebody will put the time to do what is needed to do to fix that house up. Aren't you glad that Jesus took the time that he didn't give up on you while you was out there in your mess? When you was out there cussing folk out? God said, I'm going to be patient. Patient with them. But change comes. We talked about it in general study. Change comes when you come in a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. We talked about voids. Some of y'all are trying to fill a void with drugs. You're trying to fill a void with alcohol. You're trying to fill a void with sex. You will never fill that void. That void can only be filled from Jesus Christ. Amen. The righteous. That's the only way. I don't care how many, how much drugs you do. I don't care how much liquor you drink. That void will still be there. You'll still be searching for something. And it's right here. Search no longer. Jesus is here. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.